Welcome to the RV Podcast. This is episode 467. And uh, coming to you on location today, you can hear it from a very busy KOA resort in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, you'll hear lots of noise because there's RVs checking in. Uh, I'm Mike Wendlin. This is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. And uh, as I say, we're on location this week. This is our uh, annual fall gathering of RV lifestyle followers and friends. And we are here in Nashville, Music City, USA. And we're going to have a lot of fun doing some honky-tonking, <laughs> going to the Grand Ole Opry, and lots of socializing and touring each other's rigs. About 60-plus people here this week, and we'll be here all week. And we are pretty excited about that. I never thought we'd be doing this at Nashville, and I'm delighted that we're having a gathering here. Yeah, the theme for this uh, episode is finding community on the road. And we'll obviously, uh, we're in the midst of all that now with our gathering of uh, friends and followers. But uh, our special guests coming up in a little bit later on will be Travis and Melanie Carr uh, of the Escapees RV Club, which is an amazing organization that really connects RVers uh, of all different interests together. There are a million different subgroups, and I think you'll enjoy hearing more about the escapees coming up. We should tell everybody that there is a video version of this podcast on our RV Lifestyle YouTube channel. And also, if you um, just want uh, the audio version, uh, your favorite uh, podcast app will have. Just look up the RV Podcast, and you will find this. Um, we should also thank all of our sponsors. Well, uh, we've got a whole list of them. We couldn't do it without them. These are folks who also value RV relationships and RV community. And we want to thank uh, our grand prize of a $500 gift certificate uh, at uh, Camping World. Uh, they are our grand prize uh, providers and a sponsor. Battleborn Batteries offering an amazing discount on their products. Um, a little product like this called the Bug Off Pad. One of the coolest things, you can actually wash an RV, a car, with this pad. It takes off the bugs, it takes off road grime. We've been using this for years ourselves. And uh, we've got a, a special price that uh, we're going to be offering. We'll put a link in the show notes. We've it. been showing you this for years, but they've added something to make it more comfortable to fit on your handle. hand now. It's a little handle, yeah. So, uh, always improving. Yeah, this is just so cool. Uh, so uh, there, we'll put a link to it, as I say. The show notes for this episode are at rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. Uh, other sponsors, The Dirt, um, Harvest Hosts, uh, More Ride, Organized Obi. They make those great little uh, organizing uh, nets that you can put in your RV. Uh, and uh, Keystone RV. So thanks to all of our sponsors who uh, have donated prizes for many of those attending here. Uh, we love, uh, love, and that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to have a big uh, gathering tonight. and Have a potluck dinner. And uh, give away all the prizes uh, after we eat. Uh, sharing some feedback. Okay. We love these stories. First feedback is from Deborah. She says, I keep a three-ring binder with tabs for each trip. I record where we go, where we stay, and who we see. When the binder is full, I take it all out, store it in a folder at home, and put in more tabs and paper. And uh, that's an awesome idea. It is. You know, so many times you go on a trip and you say, gosh, uh, we were here three years ago. Where did we stay? What site were we on? And if you don't have a way of organizing that, you'll forget. 
and uh, that's pretty good. So you can just see that over the time they end up with a whole library of binders. And what's good is maybe you stayed on site 24, but you wish you really would have stayed on site 20. So if you ever go back there again, yeah. you can make a little footnote. Put that in. Um, we love uh, hearing how RVers uh, start their whole journey with the RV lifestyle. And so we want to uh, share this. Uh, this is a note we got from uh, Glenn and Ginger. And uh, it was really, uh, it was really a, a nice little story. And it's so different how many different, um, different ways there are to come into this lifestyle. You want to share Glenn and Ginger's story? I'd love to. About 20 years ago, we owned a beef cattle operation in a little town in North Florida. Prior to that, my wife and I were both part of the corporate world. My wife, Ginger, was a manager for Blue Cross Blue Shield, and I was a VP with a very large computer company. We both became disillusioned with the corporate world, quit our jobs, and bought, a, bought the farm. <laughs> bought the farm. <laughs> While I was with the computer company, I traveled the country extensively. While Ginger raised the family and worked her job, she always talked about my traveling and how we would someday travel together. When we had the farm, neither of us had much of an opportunity to travel. But on one of our shopping trips in town, we saw a fifth wheel parked in the lot at our local Walmart. We approached the couple and started talking with them about their travels. All their stories sounded really great, and the bug apparently bit us. We bought a fifth wheel shortly after that, sold the farm and all our stuff, and hit the road. We traveled about three years and then fell in love with a Newmar Class A. We've been full-timing in our Dutch Star ever since and have stayed in every state except Delaware. We've been all through Canada as well. We normally travel April through November and spend the winters in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. I normally do all my own repairs and upgrades to our coach, so I'm always looking for new ideas, tips, and tricks or hints which pertain to the RV or traveling. Right now, I don't really have any problems pertaining to RVing other than the usual high fuel prices, high campground pricing, full campgrounds, and long parts shipping schedules. We love hearing stories like that. Uh, and just so many things there. Uh, it was much like us, you know, I traveled a lot in my job as a journalist and you as, as, a, as a producer, but we were always going places really fast and then leaving. And when we sort of left that world of day-to-day -day journalism to start our blog, um, we were able to really embrace, it was a perf the RV lifestyle was the perfect way to do that. Same with them. And uh, how about you? You can reach us at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. We'd love to hear from you. Something else we love to hear from is uh, all the different stories uh, from folks on our RV Lifestyle Facebook group. Now, 232,000 members strong. It's worth coming back week after week to see how this group is growing. It's growing over 1,000 a week, 1,000 new members every week. Mm. Wendy Boyer, uh, who's actually here, and you'll meet her in a little bit, but uh, she's from uh, part of our staff and our team, and she kind of coordinates... Uh, all the moderators on our Facebook group and what's happening and she produces a, a weekly report for us that sort of takes the best of what happens online and calls it the social media buzz. Hi everybody! The RV Lifestyle Facebook group has a lot of conversations on all sorts of situations you may run into on the road and Teresa recently had a post thanking the group 
for this just this sort of information and she said it really helped her recently when she was on the road and encountered a dangerous situation. So she and her traveling companion, they were on their first long road trip going from Nevada to Maryland, about 90 miles outside Las Vegas, they got a flat tire. It looks like from the picture it was the front right tire and she said thanks to what she had read in the group, they knew just what to do. They were able to stay in control of the vehicle, pull to the side of the road. They were pulling a tow. They, they just kept control even with that. And they were able to safely navigate the whole situation. So she wrote the post to thank everyone. And I just thought that was so great. And next I'd like to share with you a totally different type of post. It was from Stephen. Uh, now Stephen had a bug problem. He took a picture of this bug, said he was killing four of them a day for the past week. And he said, what is it and what do I do? Well, it was a stink bug, and judging by the comments, a lot of us are dealing with stink bugs right now. He got lots of suggestions. They included uh, vacuuming, trapping them and releasing them outside your RV, diffusing peppermint oil. Apparently, they don't like the smell of that. Using poison, using a water dish soap combination and spraying them with that. Just lots of suggestions. Um, many said they're attracted to light, so when you're camping, make sure you turn off your porch light at night. That might help. And also, everyone said, whatever you do, don't kill a stink bug by smushing it inside your rig because it stinks, and then that odor will attract more stink bugs. So, again, lots of responses on this, and uh, apparently uh, lots of us are dealing with stink bugs. And then finally, the last post I'd like to share with you is a different kind of post, and it's from Bob. So Bob is a widow. He lost his wife about 10 years ago, and he said he was on a trip and just decided recently to stay at High Falls State Park uh, at a campground there, and the park is just south of Atlanta in Georgia. It's a campground that he and his late wife had camped at, and he said he just decided to stay, hoping it would bring back some nice memories. So he got there, he uh, checked in, and then he had to change his campsite. And he was given a couple different options, and he just randomly chose one. And he said what happened next was like something out of a storybook, because the campsite he randomly chose was the exact one he and his wife had stayed in some 30 years ago. So he went to the spot, he had a great weekend, and he just was so moved. Um, he said he had to share it with somebody, so he shared it with the group, and he took a picture of what the campsite looked like today when he was there and he put it up next to a camp a picture of he and his wife camping there some 30 years ago um, really cool post lots of people commented about what that must have been like for him what a blessing it must have been and it really got people talking and so that's it for me this week i'm wendy bowyer and i'll see you next time over at the rv lifestyle facebook group I've got a little something to add about those stink bugs. We went away and, you know, the little flap on the garage door opener. I forgot something. I had our son go check on the house and he opened it up and there were, it was filled with stink bugs. Yeah. So you go away, they move in. Those stink bugs, now I know, are all across the country. Yeah, twice a year. This time of year, when it starts to change into, you know, fall, although it's been extremely warm this week. Uh, and then in the spring when they come back out, uh, and they're already, I noticed we had them climbing on the outside of this, uh, of our RV yesterday. But they're everywhere. They are everywhere. And also these, uh, lantern bugs. We first saw those at the Hershey RV show a couple of years ago. They were just over everything. And they're an invasive species. They're spreading across the country too. In fact, we've seen the lantern bugs. They're really an attractive bug. Lots of colors. <laughs> as far as bugs go. You're supposed to squish them. So. Take them out. Right.
I says, squish those, but don't squish the stink bugs. Yep. <laughs> All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to uh, dig into this whole idea of um, finding community on the road. And we'll start uh, with uh, uh, our story a little bit with uh, uh, this gathering we're at, and then we're going to uh, present you a great interview with the uh, uh, heads of uh, the Escapees RV uh, Club, which is a, a great club. If you've not heard of it or not joined it, you really want to check them out. But first, this message. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And it'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. All right, welcome back. Time for the topic of the week, which is finding community on the road. You know, the RV lifestyle can be kind of lonesome. Yeah, usually people are friendly in campgrounds, but you do want to connect. You do, and, and that's one of the reasons that we have these gatherings that we do. We do at least two of them every year. Uh, the next one we have is actually one to, uh, it's going to be a group travel trip to the um, Maritimes uh, next, uh, early next summer. But we do these regularly and uh, we thought we'd just give you a little behind the scenes look at what's involved in putting on a gathering. And Jennifer uh, had a minute, a minute ago had an opportunity to talk with Phyllis and Wendy of our team and uh, just uh, how many uh, people have made lasting friendships by going to a gathering and meet up like this. So let's first hear this interview that Jennifer did. This is such a fun time right now because I get to introduce you to Wendy and Phyllis. And if you follow us at all, you hear us talk about Wendy and Phyllis all the time. You've seen Wendy and Phyllis, well, here they are. And we got to say that we could not do this without Wendy and Phyllis. Why do we need four people? So why do we need four people to put this on? Well, there are just an amazing amount of uh, details and logistics and behind-the-scene things that are happening, wouldn't you say? All the behind-the-scenes. Our checklist is about this long now. Yeah, and every time we do one of these, it gets a little bit longer, longer right? <laughs> <laughs> like, just for a second, just a second ago, we were over at the event hall. Um, that's a detail that we have to make sure it's clean, because it's not always clean, and it's... You know, where are the bathrooms? Where are the bathrooms? And where's the electricity? And where are the tables? And just silly things like that. But somebody has to think of it. And then the logistics of trying to find a campground that will work with us, that can accommodate the number of sites we need, that will try to put us next to each other instead of all over the place. Yes. And that won't close. Remember that one? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have had some very interesting experiences running these things. but. All in all, they all run very smoothly because there are four of us to mm -hmm. kind of check each other and figure out what's going on. So 
Mm -hmm. uh, show these badges, man. They yeah. are. <laughs> these are just some of them. They're so beautiful, aren't they? They're Look gorgeous. Nice they are. Yeah. It's, this, again, seems like such a silly thing, but people's legal names are not what they go by, and we wanted to make sure we had the names correctly. Or sometimes when they're registering, they make a typo. <laughs> and then it could be spelled wrong. And who yes. wants to run around all the whole event with your name spelled wrong? So yes, yes. there's just a lot of little details that um, are surprising. And we always have a little bit of a merch thing happening. And this time it's this wonderful mug. It's very beautiful, real big one. It's, I think that's a 16 ounce one. And we have a whole bag full of things in here. All sorts of coupons and koozies and brochures and maps and everything someone would need to really enjoy being at this uh, meetup. And yeah. those bags just don't happen. No. no. You have to get all this information together, gather and assemble and get them ready to go. And yeah. I, I have to say that we have evolved with this name. Yeah, we have evolved. <laughs> because it, how many times do you have a name tag but it flips over and then you're like, oh. Yeah. So both sides it's yeah quite, quite the sides. upgrade i like it too <laughs> and people can bring them to the next one because while you're here some wonderful things happen with other people and it's nice to carry these around with you wherever you go mm -hmm. true and speaking about people that come often to these events they don't just come once and don't no, come back no. a lot of people they become friends i just love that part of this yeah. i mean we have people who've been to every one of these and there's friendships that are made. People go camping on their own outside of these. They talk to each other throughout the year, and we become friends with yes. some of the people. It's it's really fun to watch just the community that's formed by having this sort of shared experience. I have to add that you know it seems that we talk about campers are friendly, and you're mm -hmm. like particularly if you're a solo, mm -hmm. whoever you are. But if you're by yourself and you go to a campground, yes, you meet people. But there's another level of friendship, yes. Yes. and even though particularly women, a lot of men too, we're very good at being open and this friendship. But when you come back trip after trip, there's different levels, different levels. That, of friendship. And when you have a rally like this, you're having shared experiences. Yes. We're all going to the Grand Ole Opry. How cool is that <laughs> going to be? And we're sitting there right by each other. Yeah. And, you know, we're having a potluck tonight. We're going to be around a campfire. There's just a deeper level that forms. And then just a simple little thing, like over 60 of us, how staggered. I think we have several rows. So we're not just one long row. But again, that makes us our little group. Yeah. And then the details. How are we going to seat everybody? Yeah. We, but I think everybody's pretty flexible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. And something that's happening more and more now is we have our four-day uh, meetup, but people are coming early and staying late because they want to be here around other people for a longer period of time. And it's really building that community. It's wonderful. I can't even begin to tell you that we couldn't do this without our team, how much we appreciate them, how much work there is in doing a gathering like this, uh, managing the Facebook page, just pulling it all together. It takes more than just the two of us. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, we, you, you've met uh, Wendy and Phyllis, but then there's Chris who uh, does such a great job with all of our videos and YouTube and moderating uh, the Facebook part or the YouTube part of our Ask Us Anything every Sunday night. Um, we've got uh, Jerrica Ma out in uh, uh, California is where she's based and she uh, works uh, diligently on our RV Lifestyle blog with uh, so much of the content creation we do there. And then we've got this team of awesome volunteer moderators on the Facebook group who uh, whose job is to herd cats. <laughs> That's what it is. You know what it's like on social media and these people make our group welcoming and we just couldn't do it, like you say, without our team. So, 
hopefully we've given you a, a little bit of an inclination that you want to have community and have friends. Uh, we also think that you should join a group. Uh, there are a number of great clubs out there. Uh, the two that we will mention in particular are uh, the Family FMCA, Family RVing is their magazine, you've seen it. it. used to be Family Motor Coach, but now it's all kinds of RV, FMCA. We'll put a link to them in the show notes. And then uh, the Escapees RV Club. Now the Escapees is probably one of the most active groups you'll find anywhere. And one of the things that is a part of them is they have all these affinity groups. You're interested in quilting. They got a quilting group. You're interested in ham radio. They got an RV ham radio group. You're interested in uh, archaeology and uh, uh, ancestors and all that. They got a group that probably will work for that too. Travers and Melanie Carr are the president and vice president of uh, the Escapees RV Club. And uh, we had an opportunity to interview them the other day about finding community on the road through the Escapees RV Club. For those who are unfamiliar with the Escapees Club, uh, maybe just uh, before we get going here, just a, a quick overview of it. Uh, tell everybody about it, about it and uh, how many people are in it. And uh, you certainly are one of the most active RV communities we have found anywhere. Yeah, well, it all started with my grandparents, Joe and Kay Peterson, back in 1978. So we're actually celebrating our 45th year uh, right now, so it's pretty impressive. But yeah, it was started as a means to connect RVers on the road uh, with a shared lifestyle, right? Because back then there was no internet, there was no cell phones. And so your way of finding community was through a club. And that's really the roots of Escapees Every Club is about creating community and since then, it has grown to a whole network of support services from a magazine to campgrounds to discounts to a mail service, mail forwarding <laughs> service uh, that offers domicile in Texas, Florida, South Dakota. So over the years, it's really adapted into what the needs of our beers are. And we've built resources to meet those needs so they can succeed on the road. But we'll put a link to it. We have you guys on our partners page as well because uh, we are uh, big fans of the escapees. But we're talking uh, this week about finding community on the road. And it has uh, surprised me in our 12 years of doing this lifestyle how sometimes around a campfire, how many people will tell us that we meet maybe at a campground that that they are a little lonely out there and they feel all by themselves. And we always say, well, have you guys joined a club? Have you found a, a group? And they're unaware of that. So I wanted to talk about some of the specialized groups that you guys have, and it's called Birds of a Feather, which is a great title. Yeah. What are they? And give us an example of, of all these different communities within the larger escapees community. Yeah, absolutely. So the BOFs, the birds of a feather, are interest-based groups, and so there's a little something for everybody within them. Uh, they are run by members who want to connect with others that have like-minded interests. Um, some of our most popular ones are the boomers, uh, the jeepers, and we really have new ones starting constantly. I think we've uh, been getting a few every month for me. Yeah. And they run the full gambit. I mean, we also have one of our newer groups is called Nudescapers, which is a nudist group. So, I mean, it's really, it is really the full gambit of interest. And that's really what Escapees community is all about, is welcoming everyone and having a place for them to call their own. And that's really what these Birds with Feathers groups, these interest groups kind of provide. Yeah. And they're the new ones to include like bird lovers, things like that. So if you can dream it and think there's people that have a like-minded interest, you can start it and find other people. 
So how do people find a list of all those BOF groups, the birds of a feather group? Yeah, so the best place is always our website, uh, escapees.com. Uh, for those that aren't members, you can still see the list of active uh, of groups there and also get a little information when you when you click on their, their name. It'll pop up with some information about that group. And for members, they can also find that on their member dashboard, their members website, uh, to where those groups are and how to join them and even how to create one. So, yeah. So I'll come back to creating in a minute, but uh, so they find a group, they join it. How does that community then play out uh, on the road and I guess even off the road? Do they have meetups? What, what do they do? They do, yeah. So the organizer will essentially either create like a newsletter or a list to be able to communicate if they're having a get together, whether it be an actual rally or something smaller like a casual meetup. They also meet up within our own events like the annual escapade and the escapers annual bash. If there's enough people there, they'll do happy hours and also do some recruitment to show what's going on with it. Or even popular other areas like Quartzsite, the, the Quartzsite mm -hmm. gathering, you'll find a lot of BOFs and also chapters, which is kind of another interest-based I mean, uh, program that we have going on. But yeah. So you mentioned that you can start one. So people look and they're into some something and they want to know if there's other RVers who share that same passion. And if they don't find a BOF group, a birds of a feather group, how does one start one? Yeah, well, the easiest way is to submit the idea to our chapter director, um, and they can find a lot of that information, kind of what the ins and outs of what, what is required for the BOFs. And what's cool about the BOFs is we kind of have two different programs. We have certified BOFs and the non-certified BOFs. And really all that is is a fancy term for how complicated do you want your BOF to be? Um, are you are you taking in money and dues for your group, or is it free? Is it unorganized? You have, you know, leadership. So the, the point being is they run the whole gamut of that as well. So it's kind of really whatever you want to step into and, and how much you want to get involved and how much you want to host. Um, we found yeah. that the more newer ones recently have gotten onto one of our group pages, like the escapees group, uh, where you can connect with other members and say, hey, I'm thinking about starting one for Jeepers, for example. Is there anybody who would be interested in joining it? And they'll go ahead and rally the troops and then say, look, I've got mm -hmm. 30 people interested. And it kind of becomes a no-brainer for us to approve it at that point. And we should point out people say, what's a Jeep? We're talking about people, uh, off-road Jeeps, huge community, huge community. Uh, I've, I ran into somebody who was, uh, I ran into some that uh, amateur radio, which is another what people who would gather together. Now, there's other aspects of community within the escapees group as whole. Uh, talk about chapters. How do those play in, and how is that a community? That those are are they normally regional, or are they around a certain make of RV? What's a, what is a chapter? Correct. So chapters are geographical based interest groups. So like BOFs, uh, very similar, but they're just focused around a very specific geographic region. So a portion of the state or region of the U.S. It kind of just depends on the uh, how many chapters are in the area and how that gets broken down. But yeah, chapters provide you kind of a place when you're passing through to either your home base to connect with those in your area or even just to connect with those from a specific area as you're traveling across the country. So yeah, that's what the chapters are about. And those again have members who run them, lead them, mm -hmm. organize the events um, and just kind of make sure that they're all getting together. Now, we know that you guys have many different get-togethers, and there's a lot of different terms for them, but one of them, as we talk about 
specific little communities within the larger group, hangouts. How do hangouts work? Yeah, the hangouts were created as kind of an in-between. We have a group called Escapers, which caters to the working HRVer, and we started creating events for that one called Convergences, and they were really low-key, casual ways to get together with the community in a smaller scale than something like our escapade, uh, really for the active and adventurous crowd. But we were finding that some people weren't necessarily jiving with the the, the, <laughs> our other program with the head out program <laughs> but the convergences some people were coming to them and saying well i'm bored during the day because there's not activities until the night so we were thinking okay well now we need something <laughs> to cater to those folks so we created the hangouts program which is a smaller event that they run anywhere between five and ten days depending on what's going on usually take place in a campground and our average is about 25 to 30 RVs. So it's a more intimate way to get to know your fellow escapees and do active things like hiking, going to breweries, um, doing any local tours. So it's really a good way to build a community, to build a community and and make friendships and find other RVers just like you may not be interest-based, but definitely we all share a common interest of RVing, right? Yeah. We, we have been, big fans of the escapees for years now. Uh, it all starts really with a membership in that group. And we, we'll put the link right here on the screen uh, for those watching the video and we'll put it in our show notes so people can go. But um, once you become a part of escapees, all of these other communities and uh, these different uh, uh, affinity groups and birds of a feather, all those become available. Before we end, talk about this whole need for community that our viewers uh, have out there. Have you seen that change as more and more people have uh, got embraced uh, working from the road, for example, remote workers? Um, how, why community is so important to, to uh, the RV lifestyle? Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely changed. Uh, we kind of recognize this when we stepped really heavy in the club, and it's where Escapers, which we mentioned earlier, kind of came from was – was this change community, this need for this wider demographic of full-timers that we're seeing hit the road, or even, you know, RV enthusiasts, those that are maybe not full-time, but extensive travelers, right? And when you're on the road, it's lonely. And so, yeah, we're definitely seeing that. We felt it ourselves when we hit the road uh, of meeting other young RVers with families on the road or working full-time from the road. And uh, yes, we recognized that and we really needed to, to build a community around that. And that's really where Escapers came from. And I don't and think that need will ever really I don't change. think so either. Um, Community is always just a critical piece of the RV lifestyle, especially for those that are are doing it extensively. Like, like timing and leaving their homes behind, usually have a tight knit community of friends or family back home, and you're giving that all up when you leave. And it can get really lonely if you don't find other people that you connect with. And we've heard a lot of people say, I wasn't sure if the lifestyle was going to be for me until I found your events, your community, and really connected with people. And and just to give you an idea, that group Escapers, which caters to that that working age demographic, um, now makes up about twenty two percent of our overall club. So yep. it's definitely, um, yeah, yep. definitely a growing demographic for sure. It's a, it's an amazing thing to watch people when they come together and they saw the they meet somebody that they've met down the road and hey we met you back you know in South Dakota and we met you and when we were near the Grand Canyon and. Instantly, they pick right back up where they left off, and the friendships uh, truly are, are formed. So the community on the road, it is so important, and I don't think there's any better way to find it than through the Escapees Club. 
Travis and Melanie Carr, you've been awesome guests. You've got a great organization. And again, we'll put links to it everywhere for people to follow. And uh, we'll see you at a Hangout or a Convergence uh, this year. Looking forward to it. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll put a link to the Escapees RV Club and how you can join it uh, uh, in the show notes for this episode. And you can always find the show notes at rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. When we come back, the RV news of the week. Stay with us. Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash hh, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off, but you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash hh. Now it's time for the RV News of the Week. And our first story, everybody who is planning on going camping at a national park, yay! <laughs> We've got a little brief here. 48, 48 days before the government has to try to get their act together. So the, the uh, national parks are going to be open, so if you've got a trip planned, continue on. So they have, good news. they averted that shutdown, which uh, was pretty good. It was kind of a surprise because they were so far apart. Um, so now uh, they've kind of pushed this back until mid-November and uh, some kind of a compromise, hopefully. And it's just insane, isn't it? What politics has done to our country. Ooh. Anyway, let's hope that they can come up with a permanent solution and we don't have to go through this every uh, couple of months. You know, uh, many people, this is your dream trip. You've been planning forever. You've looked forward to this and uh, all this drama. All this we drama. Don't, we don't need all this drama. No, we do We not. have enough drama just paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Their investigators are hoping they can figure out what happened to an RV that burst into flame at a suburban Chicago gas station, killing one person that was trapped inside and injuring two others who did manage to get it out and this day of cell phone somebody did get a, a video tape of the fire which had flames soaring 20 feet in the air as uh, the RV was parked at a fuel pump at a gas and go fueling station and what, what happened is um, there were there were three people they saw who filled two this is what I know, two gas cans at the pump and then they put the cans inside the RV near the motor um, and then it exploded. Uh, so investigators are trying to figure out how that happened, but the motor would have been hot, and they put these cans in there, so maybe fumes from the cans. Uh, the injured people were taken to area hospitals. The name of the deceased had not been released at the time we're reporting this. And then there was another uh, explosion, this one because some propane uh, had uh, caught fire in another RV. Yeah, it was a couple who were in their 70s. They left their propane tank on overnight in their camper truck, and uh, the propane flooded their rig and exploded when the stove was turned on in the morning. Uh, the couple's from Syracuse, New York. Uh, they, uh, they were home when this happened. 
Uh, both were injured in that explosion, but with non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, the RV was totaled. But again, um, you we just had a story on the RVLifestyle.com blog about propane. Please read that. Please go to RVLifestyle.com, read the story on propane. Get your propane checked at the beginning and the end of every season. Uh, and uh, you want to make sure that that is functioning properly. And uh, because of the extreme dry weather and drought conditions that we've had, anybody who's planning on visiting any of the Alabama state uh, parks this weekend will need to take extra precautions because the state has uh, set its extreme conditions and you've got to be more careful. It's really dry, very dry there. So the gas-fueled stoves or barbecues can only be used in designated areas and campfires only in the pit, and they have to be completely distinguished. Um, Before you go to bed, you got to pour some water on them. Extinguish those fires. Uh, the, it's a statewide fire alert in Alabama. And really, that dry conditions is uh, across much of the, the country, uh, the Midwest and uh, the South. Uh, we're in Nashville right now, and the temperature today is supposed to be 91 degrees. And it was 90 yesterday. Just abnormally uh, warm weather for this, uh, this late in the uh, season. So... Uh, we do have some information on fires and all of that. Not long ago, we interviewed uh, an expert uh, on the podcast from the um, a federal expert on uh, fires, wildfires. And she gave some pretty helpful tips about uh, managing fires and dry conditions. You can find that in the archives at rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. All right, we have RV questions of the week coming up right after this. Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable adventure in your RV? Our RV Lifestyle Travel Guide eBooks are your ultimate companions for exploring North America's most breathtaking destinations. They'll help you hit the road with confidence and make the most out of your RVing experience. We're Mike and Jennifer Wendland, and we are passionate explorers and the authors of an entire library of RV Travel Guide eBooks. We have meticulously put together detailed travel maps showing you the best routes, where to stay, what hidden gems to discover along the way. From the majestic Yellowstone National Park to the vibrant colors of Colorado, the awe-inspiring beauty of Utah, the enchanting deserts of Arizona, the tranquil Great Lakes region, the pristine wilderness of the Adirondacks, We've even done a captivating three-part guide to RV travel and camping in Florida. No matter where your wanderlust takes you, we've got you covered. Our curated list of must-see attractions ensures that you won't miss out on any unforgettable experiences. You want to witness the eruption of Old Faithful? We've got you covered. Craving an epic road trip through breathtaking landscapes? We've got the perfect route for you. Dreaming of beachside camping under the stars? We know the best spots. With our ebooks available for instant download at rvlifestyle.com books, you can have the knowledge you need right at your fingertips. Head over to rvlifestyle.com books and start exploring the wonders of North America today. Unforgettable adventures are waiting. All right, welcome back, everybody. Time now for the RV questions of the week in a very busy campground. Lots of RVs going in and out and past us, so uh, forgive us for the outside noise, but 
We'd rather be doing the podcast outside than inside. So. Yeah, we'll have lots of months to be inside, but yeah, uh, how yeah. often do we get to be outside? And it's a beautiful day here mm -hmm. in Nashville. All right, the first question uh, today comes uh, from one of our listeners and says, Why aren't you and Jennifer full-time RVers? Because we probably would have burned out if we'd been full-time RVers. We've been doing this for 12 years. And this is a business. We've turned this into a business, I think, yes. after our first trip when we had to tell everybody what we saw and what we did. Yeah. So uh, it works out better for us. We have our 10 acres and a home in Michigan. We have our five acres in Tennessee where we like to go visit. And then we go visit a condo down in Florida. And we got all those spaces in between, places to go and things to see. And, and we use those as home bases. Right. So we can explore the Southwest right. from Florida. We can explore, uh, go anywhere from you know Tennessee. It's right in the middle of the country, and then up in Michigan. Michigan's one of our favorite spots, the Great Lakes area. So those are home bases. Right. So um, if this is what works for us, a lot of people burn out. Not that many people really live full time there's in an a, RV. There are some. There's 11 million RVers out there, and they estimate about one, about, one million. About one million are live full time. Full -time. And really, now we've been doing this 12 years. Um, most full-timers, you know, do it for a couple, three years. Yes, I know there's some who do it many, many years, and that's great. I, you know, but it's not for everybody. It's not for most people because it's just a hard, hard way of life. It, there's always decisions to be made, and you have to have a, a certain personality for it. We want to touch base with family often. Our family's kind of scattered around a little bit, and we get to be with family and grandkids. We have friends and activities and hobbies, uh, doctors. And so we will typically travel a couple times every every uh, month, but uh, and we'll go away for you know weeks at a time. But we we like to come back, and uh, I've noticed uh, other people who do what we do. You know, they all tend to end up buying property or buying a house or you know coming off the road full time. It's it's a it's a challenging it's a challenging lifestyle, and uh, it's not for everybody. Right. I think we first started out in a Class B, and I said, no way am I going to live full-time in a B. Other people do, and they love it, and they're happy with that, and that's that's good, but we're, we're not all the same. We're not all the same, and what amazes me is that there's a certain percentage of people who say, well, if you don't do it the way they'd like to do camping, then they yell at you and criticize you, <laughs> and... You know, so every now and then we'll get people that, well, you're not even full-time. No, we're not full-time. I wouldn't want to do this if I was full-time. I mean, we do this and enjoy every minute of it. And, uh, and as Jen said, it has become a business for us now. We, you know, we, we talked about our, we have a big team that we work with now. We write books. We do a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, we need to come off the road and, and edit. It's not that we're just hanging out. I end up editing four or five stories, you know, and then we'll go back out on the road again. So... Our next question is from Jack, and he asks, We're having a really difficult time getting our RV and our dealer for repairs. None are that serious, but they will need it for a month, maybe six weeks. I don't want to lose that much camping time. What should we do? Okay. <sighs> I wish you hadn't sent that question is Jack, because I can't answer it without being really honest. Don't use dealers. Um, look, there are some great dealers. We've been blessed to have found a great one that we use for our class C but in general our experience the experience we hear from everybody else is that uh, dealers uh, take weeks and weeks to do 
basically pretty simple, uh, pretty simple repairs. In fact, I don't think they do repairs. They don't like to repair. They like to replace, which right away, you know, they do that because you can charge a lot more money to put in all new parts rather than maybe fix something that could easily be fixed. Well, maybe they don't have the skills to fix. I, uh, there you go. That's probably half of it, too. And I don't want, I mean, dealers have a rough time. They're having a really rough time finding staff and training people. And it's a seasonal job in many places. So it's not a, it may not be full time. I understand all of that. And, and, uh, there are good dealers. And if you find one, um, stay with it. But in general, we have found that most dealers take way too long to do their repairs. So our recommendation is get a mobile RV tech. Mm -hmm. We've used them around the country. They come the same day. They come to you. Now you may charge a little, they may charge a little more because you got to pay a service charge to get them out there. But in general, we have found that uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, they often have the parts with them and they can fix them on the spot or get you the parts. Uh, most of them can work with your warranty people as well. Uh, and I think another thing is many of the dealer, the uh, mobile RV techs that we've met, uh, used to work in dealerships and they they left because they didn't like the policies that they saw there uh, They felt that many of the dealers took advantage of customers now, I don't think I'm saying anything that most people aren't aware of if you had to get your RV fixed uh, I mean I've heard of somebody who had to get a new water uh, a new um, uh, Water pump installed and the dealer wanted to take a month to do it. Mm. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous so um, you find a mobile RV tech. Now, there's not enough of them out there. There's more coming on all the time, but that's our best recommendation. And the, the simplest way to find one is just to Google RV mobile tech near me, and you should be able to get a response. But don't you think we've had really good luck with them all? We've been very fortunate to uh, have excellent luck, and we've been in remote places where the tech drove an hour an to hour? come and help us. And, and worked and worked and worked uh, on a really complicated uh, fix for us. And we've just uh, nothing but good things to say about our RV techs, mobile techs. All right. You got a question? Do you have a comment? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Mike and Jen at RV Lifestyle is our address. And uh, please email us. That's it for this week. We're going to go have fun now and we'll be here all week. Check our social media and you'll see some of the pictures of all the fun. Big night for us. It'll be Wednesday night. We're going to the Grand Ole Opry here in Nashville with our followers. So that'll be fun. See you guys down the road. Happy trails.